Schiffer? A Schiffer, are you there? Lately, I have taken many short walks by myself. Night has fallen once again over the hill country surrounding Austin, Texas. The limestone has turned from yellow to pink to bone white of the moon. And it is time once again for One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. Here I sit behind my mic inside my ivy-covered cave. The birds have long vacated Bill the Landlord's bird feeder. Uh... Matthew, remind me later to tell you a little bit of a, a little bit of uh, breaking news on uh, Bill the Landlord's bird feeder. Uh, also, look forward to a news cruise today, a poetry corner, and many of the things you know and love about one magical hour. Once we uh, once we have gotten this important piece of business out of the way, and that's uh, that's welcoming the Martinique Mystiker, the Montserrat Mistaker. The Magnifiker, the Tarzana, California Magnifiker. He's Matthew Rampy. Hello, Matthew. If you see a faded ad at the side of the blog that says 15 minutes to the podcast, podcast, yeah, yeah, I'm headed down the internet highway. Looking for that pod getaway, head out to the podcast. I got me a laptop, it's as big as a board, and I'm about to hit record. <laughs> I really, I kind of wanted to go on long enough where you had to stop me. I thought about <laughs> doing a bit, I thought about doing a bit where I say, look, I'm going to start doing Love Shack with podcast, and... I'm just going to keep going, and you're finally going to have to be like, Matthew, 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 Matthew. <laughs> this is episode 95, and we really got to start the show now. Uh, but, you know, some of these things just write, write themselves, I mean. I was going to um, say, you would have to prep me, because <laughs> otherwise I wouldn't cut you off. I would just let you go. Because love rules at the podcast. I mean, it makes so much sense <laughs> taking out the podcast love shack swap, the old swap only. I would I would happily listen to you parody Love Shack for many minutes, many many. Could have gone on longer, but I mean, it could be drawn out. So anyway, I wanted to start episode ninety five. Um, now that this, was a really fun parody. Thanks. That's this a really weird song. <laughs> that's such a weird song, and I uh, since I was practicing for that, I went and, and watched the video. Do yourself a favor. Go watch that video sometime. I'm sure you haven't seen it in a while. I probably haven't seen it since the 80s. Yeah. It was such... It's 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 pretty fun. So weird that they came back like that. You know, they... they Yeah, because they were formed in 76. Yeah. They were like an old, you know... heyday, late 70s, early 80s. Weird indie, you know, indie act. And then came back and just stormed the top 40 charts it's like america just really needed it at that time i think they also had a look that was 
um, you know, by the late 80s, you know, there's really only a 20-year lag for fashions coming back. And they had kind of a late 60s look. At least the girls did, you know. That's true. Yeah. And I don't know. Um, there's this weird, there's one weird aspect of the video. They're in, a, in ostensibly the Love Shack. Uh, there's a party. Um, there's dancing. There's loving. They're wearing next to nothing. It's hot as an oven. Uh, uh, but the band is all sort of in, I guess, the main room. But the drummer is sort of the the kit is halfway in and out of the window. The drummer is like <laughs> the, the the drummer is sitting kind of outside the window, and the kit is sort of inside. It's very bizarre. I don't know. I'm not sure what's going on there. But there's some Keith Haring esque drawings in the background. Uh, Shafee. Let's not get too caught up on that. Let's talk about. I'm ready for this breaking news. I I I I I, I know that the bird feeder has become like the fifth uh, one magical hour. <laughs> uh, there's me there's, and you and Alex and there's 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 your hot water heater and and the bird feeder racquetball racket in the bird feeder uh <laughs> they call it a boiler up north i don't think so i think i was using boiler but i think boiler is actually that's when you have steam heat then you have a boiler I, and that's what generates I the see. steam heat well uh, i don't I think was you using... were the first one to say that it, milton said that Somebody who lives in New York who talked to us on the podcast was like, "Oh, you got the boiler in the background." Uh, yeah, and I, I think that I, I thought it was the, like an interchangeable word. I use the two words interchangeably, but I don't think that that's quite correct. Okay. Uh, yes, I was out on my back porch, uh, playing guitar and enjoying uh, the afternoon. I, on, I guess uh, this was Saturday. I don't really know Sunday, probably Sunday. <laughs> Because uh, the bars track closed of the days, Sunday. yeah, bars closed on Sunday, so yeah, that's definitely what it was. And Bill was hanging out. We talked for a while, and uh, you know, there happened to be four four parrots on the feeder at the time. Four green emerald parrots. There were a couple of blue jays hitting around because he's been adding peanuts to the mix to attract the blue jays. But uh, he said something funny. He said they're that he and Linda were talking about trying to trying to kind of cull the the uh, the bird feeder population. Like uh, they put a ton of bird feed feed out there, and I guess what they're thinking about doing is is pulling it back. Is the there's a lot of different birds at the bird feeder. You know, you'll see starlings and sparrows and uh, uh, jays and cardinals, all that. Parrots, obviously. Toucans, emus, but the predominant, predominant populations are morning doves, you know, white-winged doves, and uh, and pigeons. You know, they're cl- they're they're closely related, those two. But uh-huh. uh, pigeons kind of pigeons always go back to their home base. And then we'll come, you know, we'll come by the bird feeder to feed. But morning doves don't do that. Morning doves apparently change, you know, they'll move their, they're nomadic. So during the, 
polar vortex, they were putting out extra food because it was the only place to get for birds to get food in in town, pretty much. And uh, and a bunch of morning doves kind of moved in. So I think they're going to try to get those morning doves to kind of move on and, you know, go find make their home elsewhere uh, by cutting back on the food. I don't know. It's a uh, it's interesting. Uh-huh. I, it's it's just it's interesting to me how they love they love every single bird there. They love the pigeons. They love you know they, uh, and they they care about them all. But they yeah, and they worry about the pigeons because the morning doves can either eat off the ground or the feeder. But the pigeons are so big they can only eat off the ground, and so then like I think as the morning dove population increases, then that becomes problematic for the pigeons. Uh, uh, it's really interesting you know, it's, to see uh, the curtain lifted and see the see back behind, see the Oz pulling the levers on the massive bird backyard bird population. Yeah, that's interesting that they're trying to, you know, influence it. Uh, how are doves and pigeons related? Because I've always, I sometimes get them mixed up. I'll see one and I'll think. It's the other, you know, and then and then that thing that you just said about pigeons going to their home base, but morning doves being more nomadic. It's it's almost like one's a city bird and the other's is country cousin. Yeah, but, the, but they're like a real similar bird, right? Yeah, that's definitely how it seems to me. Yeah, the the pigeon is a is more of a city dweller, and the uh, it's Columbidae, Columbidae. Is the family genus Columba? Uh, the pigeon is C. Livia. So uh, pigeons and doves are both Columbidae. Stout-bodied birds with short necks. Right. <laughs> That's what you got to do. That's what you got to be to be to survive in this world. You got to have a stout neck. Yep. I, you know, you can tell just by looking at the pigeon and the dove that they're they're similar. They have like the bobbing necks, and but to answer your question, I will have to the discussion of the difference between the two. I'll have you to. Need more. Uh, more of a research time, a deep dive. I'll have to research that a little more and get back to you. Yeah, I got an update on uh, a broken promise here. Um, uh, you know, sometimes we say we're going to talk about something and then we forget that we said we were going to talk about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. um, one of the recent ones is uh, we're bringing Esperanto back. We, I keep wanting to have an Esperanto discussion, but I keep wanting to really educate myself before we do that and i'm struggling to find the time in my schedule to really do a deep dive on esperanto hey. but maybe you already know enough about esperanto to talk something about. to look forward to no i would have to i, I okay. there was a time when i did but i would need to i would need it's to. almost like a book report it's like a self <laughs> prescribed book report that you're gonna do. i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna go do a book report i'm gonna come back to you of course 97% of my source will be Wikipedia and uh, but I'll try to make it funny. 
just like this podcast. Well, episode 95 is going off uh, hard, I think. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's at a maybe it's a different uh, tempo. Maybe it's more like mm, no, that's not us. It's just like I always said. This is one twelve. We are more like ninety eight, right? Yeah. If that, if that, I mean, we might we might be eighty six tonight. You mean Generally tonight speaking. we might be eighty six. <laughs> Generally speaking, the podcast is about 100 beats per minute. <laughs> Generally, that's a, but it's a, it's a that's an average. There's a a roller coaster of a graph of tempos that we inhabit. I I would say we swing up to like 118 sometimes when we're really fired up about something. Maybe we've got a guest, but tonight. I'm feeling 86. And that's not like a service industry thing where they're like, 86 the podcast. Give me some. I need a. <laughs> I need shingles with extra. I don't know any. Do you know any of that lingo? <laughs> what, kitchen lingo? Yeah. Greasy spoon lingo. I mean, I worked in enough greasy spoons, you would think. Uh, I, I all worked in a lot of Tex Mex places. Sizzling fajitas, uh, uh, 80, 86 uh, gazpacho. <laughs> gazpacho. Adam and Eve what on a raft. What would it be like, uh, you know, Sefue? Like, it's already gone. Um, Adam and Eve on a raft, there's two poached, poached eggs on toast. <laughs> you know, oh, really? Interesting. <laughs> okay. Did you look up greasy spoon lingo in the, I did, yeah. in the intervening time? Bailed hay is shredded wheat. What else? Bad breath is onions. Bitty board is French French toast. Huh. Weird. Toothpick is called lumber. <laughs> Whoa. Cherries are maiden's delight. That's uh that's saucy. Oh my my goodness. Saucy like that Lothar the Hill People sketch. A radio sandwich is a tuna fish sandwich. I wonder why that is. What? Hmm. You know what the problem with episode 95 is? What? What? It's it's following up episode 94. Oh, yeah. That was a great episode. I was listening back to that episode you had described our friend Adam as a movie buff. And um, I mean, I was vaguely aware of that. But boy, does that guy know his stuff when it comes to movies? He he is a movie buff. And I like um, he, he mentioned something that's very interesting to me. Very, very interesting to me. He he mentioned the phrase. I don't even know if I've ever heard these words together before. Karaoke laser disc. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I see how that might have perked, perked your ears up. <laughs> I didn't know about that. How come we've never had a karaoke laser disc party at Adam's house? That's an excellent question, and I don't, I don't know the answer. Adam, get at us. Karaoke laser disc. If we got like a some armed guards like a like an armored car do you think we could get the laser disc 
machine to the bar and and then we set up a screen and we do karaoke laser disc right there at the front page that's an awesome idea i like the i like the sound of it i'm in marketing (laughs) (laughs) all right matthew could i get o'connor's on a raft and let's make him hemorrhage and give him halitosis (laughs) okay do you know what I just asked you for? <laughs> no, no, but let give me a chance. O'Connor's on a raft. What's the second part? O'Connor's on a raft. Make him hemorrhage and give him halitosis. Okay, I know what it is. It's a patty melt with ketchup and extra onions. Uh, that's an excellent guess. O'Connor's are potatoes. Oh. On a raft just means on toast. Mm. Uh, well, that's a lot of carbs. Yeah, <laughs> and make them hemorrhage. Just yeah, put it, cover them with ketchup, and mm. give them halitosis. Is add garlic. Garlic. Okay. Here, another before. I'm sorry. I know I, I could do this all night. I know nobody wants me to do it except me. Um, another amazing one is uh, nervous pudding. Do you know what nervous pudding is? Nervous pudding. Um. I'm trying think to think of, of a diet. I'm trying to think of diner stuff. Think of a shaky dessert. Okay. Okay. Like, um, like a malted milkshake. No, sorry. Not that direction. A quivering oh. dessert. Um, jello. Jello okay. is nervous pudding. <laughs> okay. That's what I thought initially. I thought that that seemed obvious. <laughs> That's pretty jealous. fun. What's what's your source? What's the time period? This uh, is some just of these, general. Some this, of these are as old is... as the twenties. Okay. Uh, but up through the seventies, this uh, Bronx vanilla is garlic, <laughs> and that Bronx vanilla. Another word for garlic, and that's from the twenties. Bronx vanilla. I don't even know what that means. Uh. Yeah, this is from a uh, this is from a Wikipedia page on diner lingo. I mean, are there a lot of Italian restaurants in the Bronx? I don't know. Maybe so. Yeah, there's a there's a very old Italian neighborhood up there, so maybe so. Well, are we we're learning quite a lot uh, so far, but. I think what we should tell everybody is that um, TBTL, a sh- a po- another podcast, just some other podcast in the podcast universe. No, the you know, I, there are Podfathers. Uh, uh, Schaefer corresponds with them from time to time. He's a dazzling donor, and um, they had an extended conversation about the front page uh, from the episode on may 21st thursday may 21st at about the 46 minute mark you can go and listen to our podfathers luke and andrew talk in depth about well at at least about you know schaefer reminded them that he announced the front page opening two years ago in, in that same space. And then he announced the closing for the pandemic about the same time last year. Uh, 
Yeah, these uh, these and fundraisers always happen about the same time every year. And so. so if you if you donate, you you can read a message or like this. Is yeah, that if, that works? if you donate a certain level, but they'll read you the message. But they'll read your message aloud. But they they usually get to them about in you know in about the month leading up to the to the next fundraiser. So, you know, if you, you know, if you donate a year, uh, so I figured this out, it's a, you have to do it a year ahead of time if you want to, uh, if you want to announce something. And I saw I was kind of taking it, but I figured the first time if I, if I donated a certain time that my message would drop about the time that the bar opened and I was right, but it was, they announced it two weeks before it opened. So that was exciting. And but then, then how did you do the pandemic closing? Well, just like that, then, that seems more contemporary. Yeah, but it, it's just about a year later. They do it at about the same time every year. It just so happens that the pandemic closing happened one year after the opening. That's that was the fortunate part. And that the that the kind of the grand reopening happened about another year later. Now it seems like <laughs> those guys either one of those guys the next time they're in austin texas they might come by the bar they might yeah they're busy fellows given given a you know some little stitch of time in their schedule yeah um i I know they'll make it eventually i think that you know we should remain vigilant um like what if they come and you're not on staff or like, <laughs> that would be very what, if they, what if they show up and you're like in corpus christi with your family or you know like <laughs> i, I do know. listen very carefully to the podcast to oh you okay so just if the, somebody's gonna be in town just be in town right yeah that's generally uh I, I, what i try to do <laughs> and then also you hipped me to this i didn't stumble upon it i have to admit i'm i have been not listening to a ton of TBTL, or it's spotty these days. Circumstantial, that's understandable. Uh, in fact, the the talk just before yours was about circumstantial listening. If you don't remember that on the the episode, I don't. Um, I I um. You you muted your mic, and I totally lost my train of thought i was talking about tbtl um sorry r- remind circumstantial me what I was... listening yeah um shoot what was it before that <laughs> I, I i completely i completely came off the rails there folks um you know oh something... yes oh yes i know what i was gonna say i was totally expecting you you hipped me to listen to it and i i probably would have missed it and then as it was happening, I, you, you mentioned the pandemic. I just, I thought you were going to mention the podcast. I thought you were going to say, we closed the bar and I started a podcast is what I was sort of expecting to happen. But then they probably wouldn't have read your message on the air. <laughs> no, I, think they, I right. think they would. But yeah, it does seem a little bit gauche. <laughs> but I guess that would be a move that I would do. <laughs> not you <laughs> you keep it classy i would have been like oh yeah but the podcast uh it's interesting i we had our conversation about saturday night live and i you know was trying to you know kind of parse my thoughts 
about Saturday Night Live, and you know, what I wanted, like, I kept coming back to the fact that there are some skits that make me laugh a lot. And then, you know, I actually started thinking about it. You know, Jameson and I did quite a bit of improvisational comedy in our day. And, you know, the success rate for improvisational comedy is very low. I mean, you know, even if you're really good at it. As evidenced in this podcast? Yeah, as as evidenced in any attempted improvisational comedy. You know, it's, it's better written out and carefully crafted than it is made up on the fly uh you know and that's true of a lot of things right uh you know but they can so the fact that you know they maybe in an episode there's one thing that makes there's one sketch that makes me laugh a lot and then the less the rest of it you know maybe i'm smiling maybe i'm not i don't know and then that there's you know there's maybe something weird going on with the opening monologue and then there's you know there's a couple of chuckles in the the news report which is is a scripted you know in advance so you do have they do have more time to work on that you know that's actually a pretty good success rate you know and that's kind of i think what's keeping it alive is you know people talking about that one episode that one sketch you know mm-hmm. and then yeah sure there's always right. been a lot of forgettable sketches that go along with it that's been true of every class of SNL who's ever attempted to do it. And uh, I heard uh, Luke from TBTL talking about, you know, because he's actually, he would qualify himself, I think, as a big SNL fan. But he does not sit down and watch the show. He waits for whatever whatever sketch that has gone viral because it's completely hilarious to percolate through the internet and show up on his Twitter feed or whatever. And that's the one that he watches. You know, like, yeah, I don't even really ever sit down. You know, and that's... When my brother and I sat down to watch the Elon Musk episode, that was the first time I'd done that for a while. And I was reminded, I was like, oh, you know, yeah, a lot of these are real groaners, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, as we know, it's hard to write a funny long show at least once a week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did you, you know, speaking of that one sketch, did you see the reggae john page episode where there's a sketch about driver's license the olivia rodrigo song uh it's just a bunch of dudes at a bar playing pool and driver's license comes on do you know this song no she was the she was the musical guest last week or uh yeah i think last week um and she has a popular song that's like a a breakup it's a pop song it's a breakup song uh it's about how you know she's driving through the suburbs alone driving past your house and you didn't you didn't mean when you said forever in the song you wrote about us you know and and like it's a really it's a heartfelt song there's a lot of vocal fry and a lot of really heartfelt first love breakup that first time you think you're gonna love somebody forever and then you break up it's a good song uh and the, these guys at this pool hall have a really serious convo about it and it was moving them it's a I, that's a funny sketch so just a recommendation to one magical universe reggae john page driver's license nfl sketch ns snl sketch did i say nfl Whew. <laughs> 
Uh, wow, we are so far off the tracks. Where are we? I'm gonna I'm gonna rely on the show sheet to bring us back. Oh yeah, I remember. Um, I'm gonna rely on the show sheet and the robot to bring us back. Um, remember um, this segment that we did? Um, what? Wait, what's the segment called? Talk about art. Yeah. Talk talking about art. Talking about others. What's the name of the segment? I, uh, that was <laughs> Th- when Alex... Th- thoughts about art. Thoughts, thoughts on about... art. <laughs> that's a, that's just a funny utterance. Thoughts on art. Thoughts on art. Okay, here we go. Another episode of Sounds Thoughts like a, on Art. A kitchen of plants. I did a little deeper dive into Caravaggio. Um, interesting cat, man. <laughs> um. He was an artist, as you know, and we talked about him. And he was born in uh, 1571 in kind of a Milan-type area, right? And then his his dad died of the plague. His dad and grandpa died of the plague. And his mom died a few years later. And then that was the same year he sort of went, became a, a student at a painting academy. And he was doing pretty good but he he left milan for rome in 1592 how old would is he then like 19 right in 1592 he left left milan for rome after certain quarrels quarrels and the wounding of a police officer so this guy was an argumentative character he was like he's he caravaggio i think like is such a great example of an artist through time that like had some issues, man. So like he did that happened and then he, he left for Rome and then he had to leave Rome after he got in another fight and he killed somebody. And then he had like a, like a legal problem and he, he fled for Naples <laughs> and he just continued to just fight all of his life, just make awesome paintings and fight and have legal problems and then he died when he was 38 pretty amazing body of work for you know yeah 38 years also i was i was leveling um oh also his parents named him michelangelo which that was probably smart right he was already a famous artist guy and um seemed seems like it was uh destined to be Caravaggio um I I was leveling the accusation to him that he like many old masters used the uh, camera obscura but I I don't know I can't find any actual evidence of that hmm. for at least at least for him he liked live models and he didn't care to draw he liked to work directly on his canvas it was said but um I don't know some really lifelike stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was very good at what he did. No doubt. I I really I really like his work. I gotta say. Uh, and that's uh, thoughts on farts. <laughs> thoughts on arts.
my my thoughts on arts uh, you know i got a cheap one at bed bath and beyond i really need to get the get the better version it keeps breaking down i'm gonna have to listen back to the podcast to get that one <laughs> I, just, I think thoughts on art sounds like Cuisinart. oh <laughs> yeah right there. okay <laughs> my thoughts on art is breaking it keeps breaking down uh, did you know that Philadelphia chefs have assembled a 510-foot cheesesteak? How? Thank goodness. How big of a cheesesteak could you eat, Matthew? Um, well, I'm lactose intolerant, so... Um, <laughs> six inch? Okay. How about... So hold the cheese... Could you increase that? Oh, hold, hold, yeah, hold the cheese. Maybe two feet. Two feet. So how how, would, how long? How big was this? We would still we would still need uh, two hundred and fifty five more two hundred fifty four more Matthews to uh <laughs> to consume all of this cheesesteak. Five hundred and ten feet. So wow. a Philadelphia restaurateur celebrated his birthday. By having chefs... No, yeah, well, it was a birthday. I mean, come on. Rene Kobiatri, <laughs> owner of the Rim Cafe. It's a team of chefs measured two blocks long. He said, this year I want to make it big. Big party. So everyone, bring everyone together. Have a couple thousand people. Huh. Included were a ravioli cheesesteak, a marinara cheesesteak, and a Spanish cheesesteak. Okay, now some of those interest me quite a lot. A ravioli cheesesteak? Yeah. Tell me more. I, I, I mean, I guess that's a cheesesteak with ravioli in it, which sign that, me up for. Is, is it self-explanatory? I don't know. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's not, there's not more information and what's a Spanish cheesesteak? Is that with, like, paella? <laughs> I, I wish that I could say I was a cheesesteak expert, but I'm just can you not. Ima- can, can you imagine, like, uh, like a hoagie, a grilled hoagie bun with paella and cheese whiz? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like an abomination. There's abomination. A, few, a few instances of, of Mexi cheesesteaks. Which you know that involves like what kind of cheese you use and how uh, how you spice the meat, right? Mm, okay, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know they, about. I think they call those a torta. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with ra- adding ravioli to just about anything, though. Have you ever been to Philadelphia? I have, yeah, a couple of times. You and you've been to the Pats or the Genos. Yeah, I've one been to Genos. I think one of them's terribly racist. You've been to the one that's not racist. I guess I don't know. I was. It was definitely. It was late at night. Actually, like. I kind of snuck over. I we we went there down to like the area where Pats and Genos are late at night, and there was a huge line, and I ended up like. There's this other restaurant over there without uh, without a line and had a large African-American clientele. And I was like, I'm going to go over there 
and I just I ordered some stuff. I think like what I remember was like there was like a like a crab mac and cheese or something. Like they had it was definitely an exotic menu. And I remember there was just fluorescent lights everywhere. I think that was just the time of night and my condition. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I just like I kind of had this feast like while everybody like well the rest of the gang like stood in line for you know these cheese cheesesteaks i uh i went over to this other place and yeah i really enjoyed that hmm. but i've had yeah i've had cheesesteaks made in philadelphia i, I don't i don't i'm not I, I don't think anything's added with the cheese whiz factor um no no a lot of people swear by it or whatever but I, I I'm not that I, interested. In I that. I think that that's not uh, you shouldn't eat cheese whiz. Like that's not something you should put in your body. Certainly not <laughs> with a bunch of um, greasy beef as well. Person that's verse. I mean, fine. Ever you you can put it in your body whatever you want. Heroin or or Dr Pepper or I mean I don't I don't fuck I don't care. You can have wheatgrass, man. I don't care. You can put it whatever you want in your body. It's oh, not my the, body. The Dr. But Pepper wheatgrass cheesesteak. But don't do cheese whiz. <laughs> don't do cheese whiz. Mm. Um, do you have a poetry corner? I don't. I thought that I did, and and then I <laughs> and then I didn't. Um, I, I had some envelopes and they're empty. Well, uh, here, I've let me find one real quick. I've obviously moved the poetry you know i think that episode 94 was so good because we had a couple of dry runs you know i think i i i i think it was maybe better than our first conversation in like because just because everybody was relaxed you know yeah i mean not me i mean i wasn't but um but I never am. Are you on your old blog? No, I was just. Uh... I was hoping that you were on your old blog. Okay, I found a poem by Jennifer L. Knox called Schenectady is Most Definitely. Schenectady is Most Definitely a hyperbolic landscape full of empty swimming pools, violent men with tight asses straining the seams of their acrid acid-washed jeans, pizza swamps of molten cheese with slices like my heart ripped out like starfish missing arms, but opposite, inverted, or something. My voice trails off, but my hand keeps miming a triangle shape in the air, teepeeing it pointy and knifey to show him the purport of that invisible missing piece its edge so etched in my brain, then one hand slips down the other side like a bathtub spider, so I climb back up the spout. Did you take crazy pills? He asked. I don't have anything to swallow them with, I reply, about to cry. He pulls over. We get out. I follow him into the branches of an overgrown cloud of a hedge, green as animal eyes, to a blue pool hidden in the middle. Swallow them with that, he points at the water. It's full of chemicals, I insist. Not for years, he grins. I bend down to the water. You're like an almanac. Gulp, gulp. Somehow, again, 
I'd miss the shy emptying and filling, the husk, bud, and bloom. Whoa. That was a great poem. <laughs> wait, you just, wait, you just stumbled upon that? I, no, Jennifer Knox only writes great poems, so I typed her name into oh. the, okay, and picked that <clears> one because <throat> yeah. of the title. Have you ever been to Schenectady? Never have, no. I don't think so. I feel like that poem definitely encapsulated what I think about it. <laughs> and and I also felt like it really uh, dovetailed, not to get too corporate, on what we were talking about just before that with like cheese sticks and, and delicious menus. At least the first part of it with... The food imagery. That's good. Anyway, sorry. That was good. This yeah. is not a poetry class where I should have to feel like I should critique this poem. <laughs> I'll stop that. I'll stop that now. I'm sure. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up the show. I'm sure Jen Knox would be very interested to know what Jen said. <laughs> it's possibly our shortest episode in some time, and I think that we des- we deserve it. We deserve a short episode from time to time. But say nothing not our, of our listeners. Our listeners <laughs> deserve just to be like, thank you. I'm in, I'm out. I'm on to my other podcasts. We love you, One Magical Universe. If, if there's people listening, it's, people keep listening. I don't know. So I guess we'll keep making it. Call our voicemail line, 512-766-6087. Oh, yes. I can't believe we haven't had a voicemail yet. I mean, I can believe it, but I'm hoping we do soon. Yeah, uh, rate, the... rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We're dying for some ratings. At this point, we'll even go for four stars. It doesn't have to be five stars. <laughs> oh, you're intense. I, I'm, we're opening it up. It's just like the it's like the vaccine rollout. Just like all of a sudden, it's opened up to the next group. You know, yeah. Just be patient. Wait for your group. <laughs> wait, for, wait for the amount of stars you can. <laughs> In, in good conscience give us yeah all right well keep on making good choices but for us the poor are the choices the sweet of the wine you walked in just as i was leaving i smiled at you you smiled back at me
Come